Good morning. Radical pluralism has marginalized humanism and has eliminated reason from Unitarian discourse. The primary tool used to obtain this radical pluralism has been the redefinition of religious words, which is called reclaiming religious words. Is that better? I'm getting signals from the back. right on my head. <laughs> Is that any better? This one? Huh? Yes. It's kind of intimidating. Can you hear me now? You don't want me to start over. The primary tool used to obtain this radical pluralism has been the redefinition of religious words which is called reclaiming religious words. The orthodox meanings of all religious words have been declared non-operative. Now since the orthodox meaning of can't see the one. Since the orthodox meaning of most religious words require a supernatural entity, they probably are non-operative. Why not just leave them behind? The current Universalist Unitarian theological option is to redefine all religious words, giving them as many meanings as necessary in order to catch all and offend none. Some argue that the meanings of words often change and using words metaphorically is a common practice. But using a word as a metaphor does not change the meaning of the word. In changing the meaning of the words, we must consider the difference between a bottom-up movement and a top-down <clears throat> effort imposed by a vested interest. Bottom-up movements just happen. Top-down efforts are usually failures or at best accepted only by the in-crowd that needs the changes. Mr. Werner's book, Regaining Balance, gives a clear picture of how successful our current Unitarian Universalist ministers have been in eliminating reason and humanism from our discourse. These efforts are made to promote and support our spirituality. By their success, the ministers seem to say that we humans can't have both. We humans can have both a spiritual component and a reason component. <clears throat> Spirituality and reason are both human qualities, and we do not honor spirituality by suppressing <clears throat> or de denying reason. In his book, Spirituality for the Skeptic, Robert Solomon asserts that while spirituality transcends reason, 
spirituality and reason are an ever-present pair that are bridged by passion and knowledge. Last January, at the John Wolfe Lecture, the speaker was Reverend Dr. Galen Guingerich, the senior minister of All Souls Unitarian Church in New York City. <coughs> Reverend Guingerich has set his sights higher than all the other wordsmiths. His mission is to revise God itself. He has published a book entitled God Revised. Reverend Guingerich, <coughs> excuse me. Reverend Guingerich states that he does not believe in the traditional supernatural God. Rather, he explains God exists as beauty exists. In his, in his view, we are all the face divine. We are all God. <clears throat> Denying God, he says, denies people the benefits that religions provide. <clears throat> he notes that God has evolutionary roots and that our concept of God has evolved throughout history. His argument that our God concept has evolved is accurate. In fact, many of us have evolved beyond God, without, I might add, stopping at beauty. His performance was eloquent nonsense, <laughs> driven by some need to regain or reclaim God. Our Reverend Kathy Edwards has introduced us into this uh, radical indiscriminate pluralism by bringing the themes here to Tulsa. <coughs> the themes... <coughs> excuse me, I'm still nervous. The themes are used to redefine and thus reclaim all religious words. The theme concept was initiated by Reverend Marlon Lavenhauer at All Souls here in Tulsa. He and his church developed 27 themes to be used nine months a year over a three-year period. The theme project was then formalized and financed by the Pacific Western Division of the UUA, where they provide, they produce the journal Touchstones. This journal is intended to provide a resource to support each theme and to support our UUA President Morales' vision of congregations and beyond. The content of the themes is produced by the First Universalist Church of Denver. And as they say in the media world, he who controls the content controls the game. The Universalist Church has produced 60 Universalist messages to be voluntarily utilized by, they hope, all Universalist churches, all Unitarian churches, and all of our fellowships. To create the themes, the Universalist Church started with 22 of the All Souls themes, then expanded it twice to, <clears throat> twice to arrive at 60 themes scheduled over a five-year period 
beginning with this church year. We are under a five-year plan. In fact, we are in the eighth month of a five-year plan that stretches through June of 2018. Now, some congregations and individuals may balk at this regimentation, but some of us may see it as a helpful vacation planning tool. For some of them, for example, for November of 2016, we are slated to spend the entire month on the subject, Care of the Soul. Now, while my vacation destination for November of 16 isn't written in stone, my working itinerary is to spend 15 days spanning three Sundays exploring the delights of Sepulpa. <laughs> the theme for January was prayer. In the introduction, the author acknowledges that the orthodox meaning of prayer is a petition to God. Is this short or not? Can you hear me? <clears throat> he then changes the meaning. He, he then changes the meaning? Is that to cultivating a connection with our deepest selves, to our humanity, to nature, to life, to God, or to whatever for us is holy. Note that in changing the religious words, the religious word prayer, he uses the religious words God and holy. This is an example of what Mr. Werner calls indiscriminate pluralism. The reader may be uneducated as to the non-orthodox meanings of God and holy and thus be confused or tricked. Perhaps it would be helpful if we developed an app containing all the religious words cross-reference to their non Orthodox redefinitions. Later, the author states that one of the ways of describing <coughs> prayers is gimme, oops, ouch, wow, and thanks. Or there are prayers of petition, confession, intercession, praise, and gratitude. Is this an example of flippancy? No, this is just changing the types of words used. The flippancy comes in by the casual flip-flopping between type and meaning. The Touchstones masthead <coughs> states that their efforts are in support of UUA President Morales' vision of congregations and beyond. In January of 2012, our president issued a white paper entitled Congregations and Beyond. In that paper, 
He acknowledges that the UUA has always been an association of congregations. But he, <coughs> but he notes that times have changed and asserts that we must think of ourselves as a more religious community. <coughs> Our president sees opportunity for growth in the internet and potential in the 650,000, his number, who identify themselves as UUs, but who are not members or supporters of any congregation. He also sees potential in both the nuns, those who, are, who, those who do not identify with any religious affiliation, and with the humanists who share many of our social justice positions. He does not seem to seek people to join and support congregations. Rather, he seeks those who would simply identify with Unitarianism. While we cannot criticize or discourage any outreach effort, this Facebook-like, like-us structure hardly represents meaningful growth. Why is it that Reverend Guengerich must revise God? Why have the Universalists published 60 themes that ignore humanism and reason? Why does our president feel the need to make us a more religious movement? The problem they battle, the problem we must all battle, is our declining membership. In his white paper, the president states that our membership is stagnant. The actual numbers show that from our peak of 177,000 in 1968, we have lost 16,000 members to now total 161,000. That is a 9% decrease. Unitarianism is not alone in, in this loss of membership. Re religious affiliation is falling rapidly all across the Western developed world. The Pew Research Survey shows that in the U.S. there are 243 million members of mainline churches and 51 million people unaffiliated with any church. Further, the unaffiliated are growing at the rate of 0.94% or 510,000 people every year. These numbers don't address the doubter population. The, doubter, the doubters are those who are questioning their need to remain in their church or in any church. Many of the doubters will leave their church to join the 510,000 who are unaffiliated. But some of the doubters will shop around to see if they can find a church that better fits their needs. Let's assume that if 0.94% actually leave church, a smaller number, say a third of that, will take the lesser step of church shopping. What will our number be? Well, you have 243 million members, 53 million unaffiliated, 
a growth rate of 0.94%. You take a third of that, do the math. That's a very big number. Uh, well, I have done the arithmetic, and surprise, surprise, the number comes out to be about 161,000, almost equal to our present UU membership. A more serious analysis of this number would place it far, far higher than our total UU membership. I'll agree what the problem is. It's falling membership. But little has been said about the causes of this problem. Is it a simple problem or a complex problem? Perhaps Yogi Berra said it best. Some years back, Major League Baseball faced falling attendance. All across the nation, baseball attendance was on a downward slant. The reporter asked Yogi his take on this situation, and Yogi simply observed, if the fans don't want to go out to the ballpark, there ain't nothing going to stop them. <laughs> so to heed Yogi's advice, we must create an environment where people do want to come to our Unitarian Church. We here at Hope and at many other Unitarian churches have created the environment that many of the doubters seek. Well, having created the environment is necessary, it is not sufficient. We must identify the doubters and, more, most importantly, <coughs> fathom a message that speaks to their needs. Reverend Gundrich's message is clear. He states that God is required for people to realize the benefits of religion. He concluded his lecture by explaining that God is our shared remembrances. What about those remembrances? It can't be good remembrances that are driving people away from church. It's a dicey game these words misplay. <clears throat> Our president's vision seems limited. In his paper, he states that he sees great potential in those who say they like the UUA but will not commit to membership. He also sees potential within the humanist community where many share our social values. This vision is meaningful only if we limit our goal to the level of like as opposed to commitment. The themes have been <coughs> produced by the Universalists <coughs> and their message seems baffling. At a time when half a million people are leaving their religious institutions every year, the Universalists proclaim their need to possess and propagate the entire religious lexicon. Does a potential audience for Unitarian growth exist? What about those doubters? Those members of mainline churches who are struggling with their doubts? Those who value or perhaps need the community that they find in church but can no longer accept 
the supernatural aspects of the belief systems offered. If we could find a way to communicate with the doubters, what will our message be? Will we turn to the themes? Will we say we have reclaimed and redefined all religious words? We have invented many ways to pray? Or why don't we simply list some of our practices and principles? Why don't we say, welcome, we're Unitarian. We're the junkyard dogs of social justice. We say equal rights, no exceptions. Racial equality, been there, done that. Or more accurately, we're still there, still doing that. Gender equality, we've been out front for a very long time. Sexual identity, our OWL program has been acknowledged as the best treatment of this individual right ever produced. And we are out front on many, many other rights issues. Equal pay, income disparity, immigration reform, the list goes on and on. Will we turn to our president to find our message? Will we say, come like us? You don't have to commit, just like us. We will become a more religious movement. Or will we say, welcome? Will we say, welcome to our Unitarian community? We are committed. We have established outreach programs. We have a covenant that we speak with pride and strive, strive to live by. Will we turn to Reverend Gwen Gerich to find our message? Will we say, God is necessary for us to realize the benefits of religion? We individually are the face divine. We are all God. Or will we say, welcome, we're Unitarian. We have evolved beyond God. We are good without a God. To summarize, we turn to the wordsmiths to say, come like us. We have redefined all religious words. We will become a more religious movement. We are the face divine. Nor will we say, welcome, more Unitarian. Reason is fundamental to our belief system. We say equal rights, no exceptions. We honor reason and value spirituality. We are good without a God. The questions before us, are we okay having eliminated reason? Are we satisfied having marginalized humanism? Are we comfortable by having the spirituality dependent on reclaimed religious words? The overriding question, does anybody care? Thank you.